What's up, podcast? This is Matt Chalava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Chalava, and it is Wednesday. It's Wednesday, November 4th, and we are just working our way through a bit of a slow week, reselling-wise. Really not a lot going on. I haven't seen too many things come out. And honestly, I've been doing a little bit of research this week, trying to learn up and, and study up on some stuff. And so it's been a good week for me to catch up on things that I haven't been able to catch up on previously. And it's been kind of an eye opener to me. I've, I've learned a lot um, just about the way that I want to kind of research and balance that and sourcing and stuff. And I've talked about it before, but I think really dedicating a couple days or at least setting aside in your mind a couple days throughout the week that you want to go source is, is vital to a business like we have. Because like I've said before, and maybe I haven't said this before, I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, I was looking through some of the, no, I did say this yesterday, I was looking through some of the, uh, one of the chats that I'm in, and somebody was saying, you know, it feels like a pain going out to source. And it does. It's been like that for me for a while. So I haven't been sourcing nearly as much as I used to, and it's just been it's not a pain to go out to source, but I haven't been finding anything. And it's almost at the point where I'm like, I'm just wasting time. I could be, I could be doing Instagram. I could be growing um, a social media presence. I could literally be kicking rocks and probably doing something more productive than I'm doing right now is, is the way I feel when I leave a store. And I think a lot of us have kind of encountered that at one point or another, but it seems like lately, every time I go to a store, it's just a waste. And I haven't been sourcing very much and it very, very much reflects my sales in my sales, I guess, because what you see is me having the worst month that I've had all year outside of March, which was widely known as the worst reselling month this year by a long shot. I don't think people have had nearly as bad of numbers as they had in March um, in a long time. So it's kind of a testament to how bad of a month it was not being able to find too many profitable items. And it just feels like that again this month. And it's, it's something that I got to break out of. So my hope is that tomorrow and Friday, I'm going to be doing some sourcing right after work. Kind of sucks. Friday, I usually get out of work and I'm just like, I'm dead because I don't really sleep that much throughout the week. So it's kind of my night to go back and and get a little bit more relaxation done or sleep a little bit. But um, I'm going to be doing some sourcing Thursday, Friday and trying to figure out what I can do because I'm not seeing a lot of items that are popping up that are like fantastic. They're not very, I don't know, they're just not super profitable for the investment that I'd have to put in and so I've been doing a lot of waiting but I haven't found anything and it's just kind of a waiting game slash going out there and finding my own things to sell so we're going to see what comes out of that I'm going to be doing some Ross Marshalls uh, TJ Maxx finds and stuff and then doing some Walmart Target looks and stuff going to look for some uh, different sports cards and stuff and, and things like that so we'll see how it goes I'll keep you informed tomorrow I'm kind of cautiously not optimistic about it I guess a little bit pessimistic just because it's been such a dry it reselling has been so much bigger this year than I can remember it being last year and it's so much more mainstream I think a lot of people picked it up when they were bored at home with nothing to do back in March and April and it's led a lot of people to making a lot of money it's opened a lot of doors but it's made it much more competitive which is fine I'm I'm very able to rise to the challenge but what you see is a lot of people either doing this full-time or a lot of kids doing it now that may not have the time commitments that you have at a nine to five or eight to four or whatever you work they're going out and picking stuff up in the middle of the day which is kind of it makes it difficult I mean like there's literally people camped out camped out in a target like with lawn chairs and stuff sitting in front of the card section for when the card 
dealer or the uh, whatever you want to call it, the person who restocks the cards comes by. Like if I was that person, I'd sock one of those kids because like you're not coming up to me and freaking just begging me for cards. It's gonna be weird. Like just just back off for like five minutes. Let me put the cards down and then like let's get out of here. And and I actually wouldn't do that, but you get the point. Like you have like. 16 17 18 year olds or like grown men sitting out there just like badgering these people putting the cards down at some point somebody's going to snap and then the whole card market's going to have like this weird like panini's not going to restock the shelves anymore because one card person accidentally punched like a 17 year old kid waiting for cards in the nose like that's going to happen at some point because it's getting really really competitive and the people that do the card like the people who put the cards and restock the shelves and stuff they're not target employees so they're like from an outside company so they're they're just getting like badgered every time they get to put cards out it would get kind of it would get annoying so i don't know what's gonna happen i have a strong feeling things are gonna crack for somebody but that being said that's that's just kind of an example of why it's so competitive right now you look at what cards are doing you look at how many people are literally camped out in these stores and it translates to other products too now they're not camped out for the next Christmas item or something. It's not Black Friday or anything like that. But what I am saying is that you have a lot of people with a lot more time right now than we used to have last year. And you have a lot more people going for items than we did last year. It's just, it makes sense. It's grown. The social media presence has grown for reselling. I've seen that a little bit. And then I've also just seen people, more people in some of these groups that I'm in, more people talking about it just in general. I was at Walgreens the other day and somebody asked me, hey, do you sell on eBay? And like, it was a normal thing for them, which last year it really wasn't. I, I don't feel like as many people really got online as much last year. Got as in like understood. They didn't understand Amazon very well. A lot of people were still buying in stores. Now this year, everybody's buying on Amazon. Everybody's buying on eBay. A lot of people started buying on eBay when they couldn't buy anything in stores and they couldn't buy anything on Amazon because Amazon was so screwed with uh, having like one to two week shipping times eBay, everybody had all the stuff in their house. It was just like, okay, I'm going to slap this in a box, put a label on top and send it out and it'll be to you in three days. Amazon was shipping things in about two weeks. So a lot of people have grown to, or I guess pivoted to online purchases and it's shown. And as that happens, it becomes more mainstream where other people are going, okay, well, you know, while there's more people coming in, I feel like there's more people sourcing the items that we're looking for as well. So it's a little more difficult. The other thing I've seen is just so many groups, like so many reselling groups spring up. I've listened to a couple podcasts from uh, a guy he does. It's called The Bot Talk. Really, really good podcast. I think his name's, I want to say his name's Chasm, but I'm not sure. It's like, I, forget, I don't know how to spell it, but it's, he does a really good job with it. I, I really like the, the podcast and he's talked to a lot of people who run these groups and they're like, I don't, I just, I don't get it. Like there's so many groups at this point where three years ago, like 2017, there really weren't that many groups, like paid groups, bolo groups, uh, discord groups, whatever you want to put out there. Like there's so, so many of them now that they're all spitting out the same stuff. And like, I have a feeling that most of them are just copycatting. So like one person who starts his or hers is like a member of three other groups. And it's not that hard at that point to just start your own group and say, okay, I'm going to steal all the leads from these three. Nobody's ever going to find out from that group. And you know, be able to make a quick like 10 K a month. Like people do that. And so it's not really that hard to do. And a lot of people, I just don't think, I, I don't think that they care that much anymore. So it's grown significantly to where it's so easy. The cost of entry has gone down significantly over the last few years to where 
these groups used to be, you know, over a hundred bucks a month, sometimes like 200 bucks a month. Now you're looking about at about 20 to 50 bucks a month. So the cost of entry has decreased significantly and the amount that you're making off of them is like crazy. So, so many more people have entered that it's become a lot more competitive. I know personally a few people that are in some of the groups that I'm in that are pretty local to me. So it's not like I'm just the only person in Pittsburgh sourcing and I'm not, I'm not the only person in Pittsburgh sourcing from the groups that I'm in, let alone groups that I'm not even in and people know about. So it's just something to keep in mind. There's there's a lot more competitiveness to this. It forces us to have to pivot a little bit and, and that's what I'm looking for right now because I feel like I missed the Pokemon card bubble and that's something that's had me pretty upset at myself for a little bit because I swore whenever sports cards jumped, I was like, if Pokemon cards do the same thing, I'm gonna go after it. And then I got like a bunch of information about the Pokemon cards, I did nothing with it and sure enough, they jumped and I didn't do anything about it. And so it, it's something where I should have taken a little bit of a, they're not like, they're not safe, right? Like they were safe, they were a smart investment back then, but they weren't, it's not like they were a super safe investment. I mean, like the, the market was super volatile. You'd see a card going for $1,000 one day, up to like 1.5k the next day and like two days later it's down 100 bucks you have no idea why nobody really knows and and so to me it just freaked me out a little bit i didn't really know i didn't understand what was going on i don't invest in things i don't understand and i didn't take the time the bigger things i didn't take the time to learn it so that's what i'm doing right now i i am learning a little bit about them i think there's still money to be made and there will be over the upcoming months and years ahead because it's become a more mainstream thing especially with logan paul ripping a pack of ripping a box of the original set of pokemon cards and gary v pumping it so hard and stuff there's just there's so much uh, there is so much um room for growth with these things that i don't really see i don't see it changing anytime soon so it's going to probably dip a little bit because that's what I've seen a lot of people talk about, but it'll continue to go up. Now, I say all that because that's a pivot, and there's a lot of things we can pivot to as resellers. So if you are an Amazon seller, and back in March when your Amazon account was basically shut down unless you sold essentials or like one of the few categories that they allowed you to sell, you were kind of screwed. And a lot of people lost their income through that. A lot of people didn't have anything that they could do. So they had to pivot. They had to go do eBay and they had to learn eBay and they had to learn Poshmark. And they had to learn thing with Poshmark. There was a lot of people that do Poshmark do thrift stores and thrift stores are closed everywhere. So it was, okay, now do I buy thrifted clothes online? Well, that's a little bit more expensive, but can I still profit? And a lot of people found they could, a lot of people found they couldn't. And then you've seen platforms like ThreadUp come out of nowhere and it's basically, okay, send us whatever you have in a bag and if it works out, good. If not, we'll redonate it to you or send it back to you for like five bucks. And you see platforms like that where you literally don't have to do anything. You send them a, an inventory sheet of what you have in the bag and then they do the rest of the work. They take the pictures, they list it. It's a super simple, easy to use platform. And you see things like this spring up and I just wonder if people aren't going using ThreadUp as like a, a stepping stone into Poshmark, as a stepping stone into eBay or Amazon and just learning. There's so much more information out there right now that people are learning about it. And you have so many more creators making content about it that it has become a lot more saturated than it was before. Because think about it, you have so many people at home not doing anything for a month to three months to, I don't even know, there were people in Cali who were still shut down. They may still be shut down. I don't know what's going on over there. So um, a lot of states opened up, but some states didn't. And a lot of people didn't have anything to do. So they started making content and a few people really, really hit it hard. A lot of people that jumped into TikTok are, are really smart and did very well with it. And you see a lot of people that are able to reach a wider scope of people through TikTok uh, who have a lot more time to donate to dedicate to it or had a lot more time to dedicate to it 
um, through TikTok, through YouTube, through Instagram, whatever, because they didn't have their regular nine to five. And so it's just the entire thing has grown. I, I think it's good. I mean, you want you want it to grow. You want the community that you're in to grow. But it's also a little bit more difficult when you're going after specific leads, specific items, and shoes and sneakers and sneaker bots are growing as well. So it's not even like if you pivot to sneaker botting, you're going to get a pair of shoes. There's still a lot to learn there. So I say all this because there's a lot more competitiveness this year than I've seen. There's a lot of money to be made though. And that's that's the real big key here. That's why I'm going sourcing every week because regardless of whether or not I find something every time I source, it takes a few trips out to the store to be able to make two to $300 of profit a couple of those trips and you're already at a thousand bucks for the month. If you do that and you're able to find 200 bucks profit 10 times in a month, I mean, that's one third of the days. If every three days you can find 200 bucks profit, you're golden. You're going to make two grand. I mean, that's not, that's not a ton. That's not, for me, that's not livable. Like I wouldn't be able to live off of that. But what I'm saying is it's better than what I made last month. Like I didn't make that much money last month. It was bad. And so it's about going consistently. It's about going to stores and sourcing consistently and hoping, you know, kind of trusting the process that the more chances you take, the more opportunities you give yourself, the more times you'll hit. It's, it's about opportunities. It's not about wins and losses. The more opportunities you take, the more losses you will take, but the more wins you'll take as well. It, it just increases your chances of both. So hopefully that helps you out a little bit. I mean, it's been tough. I see a lot of people just struggling with it. And me, myself, I mean, I've been struggling a little bit trying to source just because it feels like such a such a dead zone whenever I'm out there and you can't find anything sometimes. You just feel like you want to, you want to, like, you want to give up or something. Like, not give up on reselling, but just give up for the day, go home and just, I don't know, relax because it, it sometimes gets to you. But the important thing is not to do that. The important thing is to stick it out, keep going to stores. If you get frustrated, you can take a second, take a breather, and then go back at it and look for more things because that's that's the way you'll make profit. That's the way you'll learn if for nothing else. And the more you learn, the more you know, and the more you know with this business. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The more you know with this, the more money you'll make in the long run. So just hopefully that helps you out. Hopefully that could be something that encourages you because it is tough out there right now. It feels like it's pretty tough to find things. A lot of people haven't been finding things and it's pretty competitive. But know that if you stick with it, you'll be able to find those items that sell for you. You'll be able to source and you'll be able to learn a lot more so that the next few years when you go sourcing or the next however many years you resell, you know, if you resell them to perpetuity, that's just more knowledge that you have going out so that next year you don't look at the same items you did this year. So hopefully that helps you out. Hopefully that can be something that you use and uh, that helps you out a little bit today. And um, yeah, I'm going to go, but you guys have a good rest of your Wednesday. I'll get with you tomorrow on Thursday for another podcast. Peace.